Welcome to the Navigating Cancer Together podcast. My name is Talaya Dindi. I am a 10-year cancer thriver, cancer doula, and owner of On the Other Side. I use my experience to help others get on the other side of cancer. This podcast is about sharing stories, resources, and information about all things related to cancer and wellness. I interview guests from all walks of life who are living with cancer, caregivers, and those who made it on the other side. Also, I talk with organizations, healthcare professionals, and experts in the health and wellness spaces who offer complimentary and integrative care. Join me. We are in this together. Hello, and welcome to Navigating Cancer Together. My name is Talaya Dindi, and I am your host. Today, our special guest is Tom Riak. Tom is an American who is known as the king of networking in Brazil. He has years of professional market and product development experience in Brazil and the world. Tom is the founder and host of three business podcasts. The first one is called Talk to Brazil Business Connection in English. BBN Brazil Business Network in Portuguese, and the Cafe and Networking Podcast. As a business mentor for entrepreneurs, Tom shares global multicultural management experiences on a wide range of topics, such as career orientation, virtual business networking tips for international success and failure, as well as personal contingency planning. And also, Tom is a male breast cancer survivor. I am so excited for you to hear Tom's story. Um, It's one that we don't hear very often. So I know that you will really enjoy um, Tom's story and the education that he has to share with you all. Hi, Tom. It's so nice to have you with us today. Thank you for joining us. Well, I want to thank you, Talia. It's just a, a real pleasure to be here, and I want to commend you on what you're doing and how you're doing it. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you have so much wisdom to share with the audience, so why don't we just get started? Now, Tom, you are a male breast cancer survivor, and right. we don't hear about that much. So please share your story with us, and how did you find out about your diagnosis? Well, hardly any. Oh, yeah, nobody. When, when I was first diagnosed, I was surprised because I had never thought that I could have breast cancer. And anybody I talked to says, well, you know, it's what you just said. Nobody even believes you could have it. Uh, but the way I did find it was the way most people do, most women anyway, I felt a lump. Oh, okay. You know, I felt something here uh, on my left side and I said, well, that's strange. And I was in the States at the time. I came back to Brazil and I had had a, a, an appointment with my, my heart doctor, you know, a normal annual checkup. Mm-hmm. So I went into his office and I said, you know, by the way, I got something here. Mm. And he reached out and touched it. And he said, hmm. And when doctors go, hmm, you, you know. know, something's happening, right? Yes. So he sent me right in, you know, right out of thing, sent me over to... Another room in the clinic says, we have to, uh, an ultrasound, check this. And that was, you know, just bang, bang, up from the chair, go in there, ultrasound. 
Another doctor came in, the person who did the ultrasound then called in somebody else because what he saw uh, was different for him. So bottom line is that the ultrasound went, you know, it's the same day, this is a, uh, a process, went back to my heart doctor and he says, well, you need to talk to a surgeon now. Oh. He didn't want to come out and say I had cancer, but he mm -hmm. said, you have to see this. You have to check and see what it is. And you know, it's not with me anymore. So uh, that was that was the next step of just you know getting out of an office, going in for a routine uh, heart checkup, right? Annual yes. checkup wow. and coming out with, wow. You know, then, then I went to Google and say, and what is all this about? Mm -hmm. right? And then found out that, you know, I, he didn't say you had breast cancer. Wow. says so you have something but if, if you have something it's something it's cancer <laughs> and it's cancer because i'm the breast so so i checked that out and then found during that google check that yes men do have breast cancer it's one percent whatever so went to this doctor that they recommended he went through the normal exams collected material for a biopsy mm -hmm. uh, that's i guess sort of the, the process as it is yes uh, the difference is that I went through this whole process sort of alone. Because um, when I found this, uh, the year that I found it, my daughter had just had twins. Oh, wow. This was in August of that year. And she had had a, let's call it a difficult pregnancy. Mm -hmm. She had given birth to twins. And I says, well, I didn't, even, I didn't tell my wife and tell anybody. So I says, you know, I don't want to scare my, you know, you know scare people. Right. Once you say that, then you, you ruin everybody's day. Mm -hmm. So I says, well, I'm going to go to the doctor. He recommended the biopsy. The day he took the material, he says, well, you have to come with somebody. You can't come alone. Right. So then I told one of my sons that you got to go with me. And he went and he didn't know what's happening. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I says, let's wait until the biopsy comes up. And when, you know, that takes some, I guess, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, when that did come out and validated the fact is really when uh, I, I told my wife. Okay. Uh, because I says, well, if during this time I tell my daughter, she's going to probably lose her milk. Yes, absolutely. So, so I says, well, so when I told my wife, she almost lost her mind. So she says, mm -hmm. why didn't you tell me? I said, why? You know, I don't think I could. I didn't think I should. And whether yeah. I could or should, that's a whole different story. But uh she went with me and then we went through the the consultation uh the first surprise not a surprise everything once you, somebody tells you you have cancer it's a surprise absolutely I, but one of the surprises was the matter of fact way he handled the whole process the doctor wow so he just looked, check everything. No, you got it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to remove cancer from both sides. We're going to do this, the lymphal nodes, and I'm going to prescribe some physiotherapy. And yeah, that was it. Sort of like this is the this is the script. Mm -hmm. And we're taking it back and everything else. But he says you have to do it. Okay, so we did that and, and agreed that we went back and the day that we were going to adjust for the surgery. Uh, is the day that he gave me another surprise. He says, well, your medical plan, I, I, I can't do that on your medical plan. You're going to have to pay me direct. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's the day that you're deciding all that. <sighs> so the point that I would like to make to everybody listening to us, always get a second opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So then my wife and I went back home, uh, surprised, and she called her gynecologist. Okay. You know, that night, and who is also a friend of ours, was her gynecologist. And she says, well, by the way, do you treat men? Because he's also a mastologist. Sure. So he says, well, Tom, you know, went to the doctor, we got this, we got that. He says, no, meet me tomorrow morning, bring everything you have. We'll sit down and we'll talk about it. Great. We did that. So we went. And fortunately, that's the fortune of knowing someone who knows more than other people. Absolutely. And obviously knowing somebody who's going to put it straight to you uh, in a way that you can trust. That's the key. I, I think trust is a word in any of this to anybody listening to us that you have to find a way to trust in what's being said. Absolutely. And the second or third opinion is just to validate that trust. Because my head, my wife's head and everybody else's head became confused. Absolutely. All right. Your mind collapses. Your Mm -hmm. thinking process sort of disintegrates. All right. You become a, I would say, you know, think of mush. I don't know. But I really couldn't reason. Yeah, so much to take in. But there's so much information. You can't mm-hmm. digest it. Yeah. So anyway, this the second doctor was our friend. He says, look, I'll just tell you. He says, really, it's rare. Yeah, he went through all the thing. My, my mother didn't have cancer, but he says, it's, you just got struck by lightning. Mm. It's like 1% it happened. Uh, and he had studied this in Europe. He says, well, uh, because of your age, because, you know, everything fits mm-hmm. what's happening to you and why it happened. So that it's not new, but it's happening because you're older. Most people didn't get this, but you never lived long enough to have this. Yes. For, you, for, you know, one side, fortunately, you lived long enough. Unfortunately, you lived long enough. So <laughs> that's where you are. But his suggestion is what we did. He says, what I would do, we're just going to remove one side. Okay. What he said, statistically, uh, on the second side, only 30% of cases will manifest themselves on the the other side. So you have a 70% chance of not having it. Mm -hmm. So why remove both if you have statistics in your favor? Sure. Mm -hmm. He says, if at some time it comes back, we'll take it out then. But he didn't feel there was a need to take them both out. Okay. And so what he did and what was done, took out the left side, which was there, uh, went through the process. That was the surgery. So the surgery in itself is surgery. Open you up, take it out, uh, sit on a table, send things upstairs for exam. You're still Mm -hmm. there. You come out of it, put you back together. Uh, So that was it. The second part is the oncological part. Yes. It's the afterwards. All right. So, but that first part, and the, the day that we went and talked to him, he told me two things that uh, probably changed my life there sitting with him. Mm-hmm. The first thing he said, he said, from today on, just do what you want and do what you uh, like. Yes. And because he, he, the same thing he talked about is the statistics. Mm-hmm. He says, well, you have a chance and statistics say, that, you know, the first year after all of this, you have a 50% chance of not only recurring, but of surviving. 
And, you know, over five years, that becomes better, what have you, but that's statistical. Mm-hmm. And so he says, from today on, just do what you like. Yes. It says cancer, and that's not just breast cancer. Cancer seems to manifest itself because of stress, partially. I agree. So what he said is, don't stress yourself out. And don't stress yourself out because of this. Mm. But the most important thing he said, uh, of many things, was he says, I can remove the cancer, which I'll do. The oncological part will treat your body. Yes. But the cure is in your head. Oh, yes. So true. Now, when, you know, when the doctor looks in your eye and says that to you and you believe him, he says, the cure is in your head. So you are either going to cure yourself or you're not. He says, it's not the fact that I'm going to remove it. It's not the fact you're going to go through this process. So if you're going to come out the other side, it's going to be in your head. And that's really what I came away from that day, learning and feeling and believing. And you need to do that because the second part of the process, the oncological part, is no fun. No. And and probably less fun than you would ever think. And nobody ever tells you how much fun it's not going to be. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the thing, too, that I love, Tom, is that you got that instilled in you early on. And that's that, that was makes the a difference, difference of the doctor. The first mm-hmm. doctor, just matter of fact, plug and play. Yeah. No emotion, no empathy. The second, I, mean, I knew him, he's, you know, mm-hmm. just a type of person he is. So, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a, a gentleman who just took and locked in. You know, he's just, you know, talking to, to a friend. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking to a patient. So that was the difference. So that orientation, that was a, a relaxing mechanism. And obviously, in the trust thing, for me, for my wife, obviously, uh, we say, no, this is it. This is what we're going to do. And this Mm -hmm. is how it's going to be done. So, And that's what we did. So went through that process. And uh, people listening who have gone through it know what we're talking about. Uh, Those who don't know what we're talking about can't imagine what it is. Because even me, we had one of the other fortunate things. I'm going to say it's fortunate because we had a personal friend of ours, mm-hmm. who had had cancer. Her name was Olivia, and she had had cancer, and she had both her breasts removed. This was years before. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife had helped her. We knew her well. My wife would take her back and forth to chemotherapy, so uh, and she's a survivor. Uh, so she became, uh, she became my coach. Nice. She became, she was whatever, you know, what, anything I could, I would feel, mm-hmm. I'd talk to her about it. Yes. And she would coach me and say, no, you know, this is it. This is what happened to me. This, you know, and it was sharing that with somebody who had walked the walk. Yes. Uh, That's a big difference. Mm -hmm. You know, Tom, if if I can get a quick question. And so was in talking with Olivia, did you guys discover that there was a difference between a man and a woman? having breast cancer or was it pretty much the same experience um, to a certain degree? That's hard to say, but what I would say uh, it's a different experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
Uh, and why is that a different experience? Because what I did learn during this whole process, male and female breasts are the same. Mm-hmm. The, the duct work is the same. Mm-hmm. The only thing that a man doesn't have that, that you have is a way of, 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 of having of creating the milk and having mm-hmm. it and be able to have the out the warehouse it. Let's put it that sure. way. Absolutely. Right. But the mm-hmm. duct work and where my cancer manifested itself was in the duct. Okay. That's one point. The second point, and this is something that I discovered on the ongoing, because at that first consultation with my doctor, he also said something that sort of struck me as funny, but later on I, I understood better. Mm-hmm. He says, do you, after I do the surgery, do you want me to put an implant? Oh, yeah. He says, oh, what? <laughs> he says, no, we can put an implant. We'll reconstruct your breast. Mm-hmm. I thought he was kidding me. <laughs> Seriously. Says, you know, uh, that didn't register yeah. in my head. All mm-hmm. right. And I, I thought it was funny. So, back to your point of the difference, I'm sure that same question to a woman is different. Mm-hmm. Because when a woman has her breast removed, the psychological part yes. is something that I can't say I know how it feels. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, for that process, again, of, of my wife and my children being born, seeing women uh, nursing their children. So that aspect, the maternal aspect, the functional part of a breast mm-hmm. is life-giving. Yes. A male breast is not life-giving or sustaining, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So th- that's a difference. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And that point is when I start realizing what the post-op was for women yes. of either having or not an implant, of being able to have or not an implant. Because many women, because of what is removed, can't support. There's no structure. That's right. And so then they have to have other ways of figuring that out, mm-hmm. which may or may not psychologically help them. That's right. But for me, let's take that forward. So I said, well, afterward, everything's done. I didn't have the, the, the implant. But for years, I would never go into a pool or go out on the beach without a shirt. Oh, yes. Because different from women, when I'm out, I was exposing my breast. Mm-hmm. I was exposing right. myself. And this side, the left side, is a cavity. Mm-hmm. And it's visual. My grandchildren, when they would see me, they would ask me, what happened? Mm. What is that? Why do you only have one breast? Wow. And I was explaining and everything else, but that was, you know, to the family. But to be out in public, all right, and I'm a man. So it's a weird. So for a woman, yeah. You know, that's a whole different story. So to that point, up to that point, I could say, well, I know what it's about. From that point on, I can't say that I know how a woman feels. Absolutely. Or the psychological challenges that you'll face. And not only psychological. Here in, in Brazil, uh, Brazil's a macho country. Okay. All right. And to that, 
Unfortunately, what I also saw, because many of my colleagues in oncology, they're mostly women, not mm-hmm. only for breast cancer, for cancer in general. Unfortunately, cancer manifests itself more in women than men. Yes. So in my sessions, I have a room full of people sitting there being injected with their, their, their chemo. Mm-hmm. You get to meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that's networking. But you also get to understand and hear some stories that aren't fun. A lot of them, yes. Uh, and many of them. And, and what you feel, I don't think I know a man in this whole process that had a wife abandon him because he had cancer. So but <laughs> I know many women, many mm-hmm. women who have been abandoned by their husband, their partner, by whoever, because of the cancer. That's true. Mm-hmm. And that is something that's still going on today. Yes, it is. So, and, and I'm sure, that, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States or other parts of the world. It may it be. Is. Yeah, and it cult- different cultures too. It's huge in different cultures. Also, if a woman has to have her a body part removed, say her breast, in some cultures that's just not acceptable. Yeah, you're, you know, I'm done with you, mm-hmm. and, and that was that's it. Right. And so, that's right. so you can. And I, I saw that. So, like I said, I could feel that, but I could see that mm-hmm. women going through the, the process of chemotherapy is suffering. Yeah, it's a challenge to go through that. And alone to lose your partner, not to lose your partner, your partner, you know, get up and go. Exactly. Uh, when you need support, because what I did have, and, and part of my cure, part of my safety net was Olivia, who was a friend, who was a, a mentor, mm-hmm. but it was my family, all right? Some friends that helped me through all that. Right. Because in all of that, what I had to find was motivation. Absolutely. Yes. I could sit around and think, well, the cure's in my head, you know, and you look into your head every day and say, well, where are you? <laughs> but you need yeah. to motivate yourself. That's right. You know, you That's have to think reason. there's, you know, it could be better that there's a day after or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not dying and I don't want to die. Uh, but unfortunately for many people, and back to the point of women, there are many people that then become manifestate, you know, in depression, uh, suicidal, mm-hmm. and they don't want to survive. That's right. So it's, you know, it's like a double, triple whammy. So to that, and what I have done after this whole process, after I was able to, because I'm a speaker, I normally talk about networking here. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the groups that I talked to afterwards were generally women groups. Even before having cancer, I, I created speeches to women for women networking groups. Okay. Because even re- regardless of cancer, women have difficulty uh, career-wise mm-hmm. in Brazil. Yes. Advanced, what have you. So I would always talk about that and help them in it. After having cancer, then I would always come into my talks with my pink shirt. Mm. And, and I would always make reference to having breast cancer because mm-hmm. that that's, that's a, that's a, that's a game changer for speakers. Absolutely. Like you just said, you, you haven't, you know, you, you don't normally hear mm-hmm. about a man who's had breast cancer. So every October and here, October is the month for, uh, 
cancer, right? Cancer mm -hmm. awareness. Absolutely. So then I became a cancer awareness, breast cancer speaker. Okay, great. Uh, to many female groups. And then I would tell the story or this, you know, part of the story of having breast cancer, of having that. And many of these women and many of these groups were groups of women who were trying to restart their lives, to become uh -huh. entrepreneurs, to start a business, to economically uh, survive. Talking about restarting your life. Yeah. yeah because they've had cancer, which is yeah. a, a, the first whammy. Their partner leaves them. Mm -hmm. So no, no money. How do you survive? You may have kids. That's right. So this restart is just another whole challenge. And so those were groups that I would talk to. So the part of that, uh, to it motivated me to help motivate others. Mm -hmm. All right. Because if I says, well, if I could find a way, find happiness for myself, right. find logic to all of this for myself. I think it's my, I need to help other people try to find that. And, and so, Tom, did this um, affect your business or kind of cause you to go in a different direction um, after well, you survived? Yeah, well, during, uh, during the year of chemo and radiotherapy, mm -hmm. my business came to a stop. Because okay. what was my business? I'm a, I'm a self-employed person. I was a consultant right. at that time. Mm -hmm. I had had, uh, I had created an internet radio program mm -hmm. before. So in 2009, so before cancer, I'd started a program uh, through LA Talk Radio in Los Angeles. Okay. And I'd started generating interviews globally with people throughout the world. Uh, Sam Hassan was the owner of LA Talk Radio. It was all coordinated. There, that, that, was what, that was part of me. That was called Talk to Brazil. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And that was to attract people in business to Brazil. But when you're, you know, self-employed and, and you are the person, you're sick and you're doing that, you don't do anything. You don't have a business. Your business right. is done. Mm -hmm. And in that, most people, unfortunately, think you're going to die. Because 10 years ago, when you said, I have cancer, that was sort of a way of saying, well, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. Or most people thought you're going to die. It's true. So business sense and business-wise, most people, and this, this is what happened to me, Clients sort of faded away. Mm -hmm. And you can say, well, I can understand that or not, because the risk of me dying in the first year was 50%. That's right. So, mm -hmm. All right. So, but, and that's it. So that business sort of dried up. The motivational thing kicked in. Mm -hmm. Because what happened when I discovered cancer, I had, I called Sam Hassan and lost LA talk radio said, Sam, I got cancer. I'm going to be going through chemotherapy. It's always on Monday. That Monday was my radio day. That's when I would have my program 1 p.m. L.A. time. I'm not going to be able to do it. And I really couldn't. I was in no way could I do that physically or mentally. But Sam helped me. And this is, this is the good part of what you realize when you have cancer, that there are good people out there. Oh, yes, indeed. And, and some of them you know, may find them in different ways. But what Sam said, he says, well, Tom, sorry, obviously. Uh, and, and I paid for my hour uh, mm -hmm. programs. He says, what I'll do, uh, obviously, you don't have to pay. You won't be generating your interviews. But what I will do, I'll save your spot. I'll keep your previous interviews up because they were always replayed. Mm 
<laughs> and we'll take it and see what happens. Okay? okay. And as you go through your process, you keep me informed. If somebody wants your hour, I'll let you know. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, okay. Fair. So that's what happened. So again, I found out in August, September, I was operated. October started the chemo. Mm -hmm. That January, uh, Sam sent me an email. You know, by the way, hope you're well, but, you know, just to let you know. And I hadn't generated one interview since October, since September. Okay. Just to let you know, your previous interviews are getting about 4,000 downloads a month. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So that, when, when you're looking for motivation in your brain, uh, that motivated mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. I says, if, if something is happening, and I'm not even doing it, but it's out there. Yeah. If I get through this, I'm going to keep doing that. That's right. It's working. So that No, it was working. Mm -hmm. so, and as I progressed from that January uh, to actually June, when I finished chemo, radiotherapy, and everything else, then I, I back to, to Sam. I said, Sam, I'm going to restart in August. Okay. Because I'll be out of that. Because after all of that almost year, then I said, what am I going to do? Exactly. So What's if next? you don't have anything to do, you have to find something to do. Yes. So what I did is just took that something that I did and restarted. Hmm. So I restarted because I had, you know, it was there. It was just a fact of getting people together to at what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Coordinating dates to talk. And, and yeah. that's how I restarted. And that was something that I can do through the, my recovery. That's right. Nice. Because part of our recoveries for whoever has cancer, and this was pre-pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. Pre-pandemic, doctors told you, try not to be out in public. Try That's to, right. you know, don't go, go out. The same thing today with a pandemic. <laughs> but say, oh, don't go out. Don't fly on planes. Don't do yeah. this. You can't speak to groups. Mm -hmm. Because what you are you know, you don't have any more immunity. That's right. So you're a walking problem. <laughs> so that really fit to what I had started. Mm -hmm. So previous to that, so much, much of what I had done was remote. It was virtual. So Perfect. today, and I, I really thank God for that. What I had done previously is, is working perfectly well today. Mm -hmm. When other people are trying to discover what we do, what you do is you do it. And what I'm doing as a podcast host, mm -hmm. for me, I've been doing it for, for a while. And I did it having cancer. Yeah. Wonderful. So, you know, could it be better than that? Worked out perfectly, I say. So that was my restart. That was my motivation. Uh, and, and really, that's where we are today. So one thing keeps leading to another. Obviously, this recovery, the the survival part of year one, two, three, four, five after mm -hmm. cancer. Uh, every year is a better year. Every year you feel better. Uh, for five years, I had to take tamoxifen because of the, mm -hmm. the type of cancer. So the tamoxifen also affects your body, affects uh, a number of things, but it takes a while uh, after the fifth year to try to clean out your body with that. 
Yes. Uh, so really, uh, today, and this is literally today, last month, uh, I, I went back for my annual checkup mm-hmm. uh, with the oncologist, because every year I still get a, a, a mammogram. Absolutely. I have an yeah. ultrasound. And it's the same thing when I go into the clinic and they're, they come out and looking for a Tom. Are they Thomas? <laughs> Do you really want to? Yes, I want a mammogram. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. Well, no. And, and for many times, because it used to be I used to do it twice a year. Mm-hmm. The protocol was that, but now it's once a year. But depending on many times you get a new clinician or whatever. And, you know, sometimes they're not really sure what they're doing. Exactly. They might have practiced in school or whatever, but when they have to put a man's breast in that squeeze and take pictures of it, I really feel sorry for them. They're like, um, I'm not sure how this works. Yeah. Well, that sort of help? I said, well, okay, we're, we're, we're okay with that. So. Oh boy! But you that's where we are. But back to that. So you know, every year you got to keep checking. Uh, and to the survivor thing, the doctor says, "Well, your cancer's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you have okay. is a body. You have a body, and you have an immune system that has been affected by all that. Yes. So you still have to be careful. And, and that was to the point of today when we're talking about a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So he says, "Really, you shouldn't," because my question to him the speaking part uh, and I, I now I do speak to other groups and cancer awareness what have you uh, and he says well you still need to protect yourself if you do go to speak to, to groups many of the people if they're in a cancer recovery they're uh, they have problems with their own too. immunity yeah so just make sure that everybody's protected and he says just make sure you just try not to go into areas where you're not sure today of who may not be vaccinated. That's right. So I said, if you're not sure, don't go. So that's where we are. Uh, that's how we found each other, right? <laughs> On PodMatch, right. that's what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, uh, cancer is rampant. There are over, well, I've is. learned this right, there are like 200 types of cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's it. It's so not many. only breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it... Uh, so what I, I do want to leave a message to people is that most people, many people, and I was for a time, I had cancer, didn't know it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that, that's and, very common. So what I have to say to everybody and to women particularly, uh, it's a simple test. You have to check yourself. Mm-hmm. And you may find it strange. You may not. I don't know. But uh you have to check yourself. That's how I found it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be easier for me because my breast is different. There's not a whole lot to check. Uh, but, but for women, uh, and, and another thing mm-hmm. that I also found, unfortunately, here, many of my chemo friends were young women. Oh, yes. Breast younger cancer may be for old men, but breast cancer is not for old women. No. So I, I had many chemo friends that were in their 20s, yeah, their 30s. So don't feel that you're young and you, know, you can't get it or can't have it. And that's not only breast cancer. That's any cancer. Uh, yeah. Lifestyles and everything else, the stuff we're eating and sticking in our mouth all the time mm-hmm. may be a cause. 
you know, Tom, to your point about um, people getting diagnosed younger and younger with cancer, the sad thing is that the um, healthcare system and insurance companies have not caught up to that because a lot right. of times if women who are in their 20s feel like something isn't right, they really have to fight just to get a mammogram covered right. by their insurance. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Well, that's the case in Brazil, because uh, theoretically here it was, you know, you needed to be over 40. Yeah, absolutely. For the, you know, so, well, uh, for a man, okay. But for women, I think that's, that's old stuff. It doesn't work anymore. I agree. It doesn't work anymore. So, yeah. but in any case, whether you do, and obviously having a plan that helps you is important, mm -hmm. yes. but understanding if you have something that needs to be seen has to be found. That's right. So you really That's shouldn't right. say, well, I'm not going to check myself because I don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. uh, because there are ways, there are so many other organizations out there. And you know that better than I in the States That's and right. even in Brazil, yeah. uh, there are organizations that are here to help people who have cancer and who may not be able to afford the treatment. That's right. And it's, that's, it's... but you have to find out you have it. That's right. And, you know, Tom, to your point, if you feel something isn't right and you're not it's sure, not right. get it it's checked not right. anyway. <laughs> it's not right. And get it well, checked anyway. Don't right. talk yourself out of it. Yes. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it, because I try to talk myself out of it. When I first uh -huh. I said, you know, well, I'm going to be, you know, and I said, well, and really the fortunate part, I had had that con consultation with my heart doctor. Yes. If I hadn't had that, I'm not sure I would have, you know, gone to the doctor to check that. Mm. So we have to thank the stars for lining up. That's right. And other powers helping us <laughs> when we can't see. And, you know, too, also kudos to your wife for, you know, reaching out to her doctor, the, mm -hmm. the gynecologist that she knew and said, hey, and, you know, getting that second opinion going, because that's that's very important, too. It really kind of changed the trajectory of how your treatment uh, could have turned out. I told, no, it, it, it was <laughs> until today. I say he's my gynecologist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you want to, so you can see how that that starts my speech to women. <laughs> exactly, I bet that is like okay. <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> yeah, no, but anyway, I think uh, part of the the cure, like we said, it's in the head. Yeah, uh, and I my know. doctor, I go back and see him. I just saw him a couple weeks ago because I went back because my wife went for a consultation. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's a fun guy, but when he says that, he says, you know, you always look at everything with good humor. Mm -hmm. And what's what I try to do? It's uh, important. I think it is. It's helped me. And he said that. He says, you know, I keep reminding him that he told me that it was in my head. But he said, that's part of it. If you feel that you could get through it, and I don't say be happy, mm -hmm. but not be sad. It's yeah. the other side. We don't necessarily have to become out laughing, mm -hmm. but we do try. We, we need to try to not come out depressed. That's right. Because you still got your life. Right. You still have your life. Right. And you should have a good quality of life. And so try not to 
I know it's hard. It's probably easy for me to say people think and easy for you to say they think because we've gotten past that point. But we were once at that point and you have to make a decision. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, that point, uh, one thing that I'm a believer today, mm-hmm. what we get is just one day each day. We only get a day at a time. That's it. And what I probably was guilty of not valuing were those days before. <clears throat> so true. Yeah. Because I previous, you always think, you know, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. And we're always looking out to farther out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I was in the midst of this process, it was just one day at a time. Yeah. And yeah. you know, uh, as I know, and many of our listeners know, there were days that I didn't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. Oh, there were yeah. days I couldn't get out of bed. There were days I couldn't put one foot in front of the other. That's right. And so there were those days I said, well, I'm not sure I want another one of these days, right? I've, I've been there. Mm-hmm. And so it's in those days that we do have to keep digging for that motivation. And it were those days that I would call Olivia and mm-hmm. say, you know, did you ever feel this bad? And she would say, yeah, you know, yeah. Or either, you know, have a cup of tea or eat some jello or, you know, it may get worse. That's right. Yeah. And a couple of times she did give me some really good advice because I wasn't aware of at the time. Uh, because much of the chemotherapy, some of it sort of accumulates itself each time. Oh, yes, it does. Absolutely. You know, but the first time I went, you know, it came out nice. I didn't really feel nauseous. Or You're like, I can do this. Was, yeah. And that was sort of, wow, this is easy. Well, everybody <laughs> complains about this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not that bad. The second time, well, all right. The third time was a bummer. Yeah. And obviously the docs aren't going to tell you that. But once you go back after the third time, I say, well, that was bad. Mm-hmm. And he explains, well, obviously, you know, the body, uh, the process of chemotherapy, it's not, you know, it accumulates. That's right. And part of that, we need to do that, he said. Because you may skip a date, you may be late, you may something may happen. So that, that's part of a process. That's right. uh, the downside is that you have more than you need. Uh, and that's the tough part, because there were days after that third or fourth session, mm-hmm. where I literally wanted to get out of my own body. Oh, yes, yes. I said, I, I want to get out of here. I, you know, I, I, I couldn't understand what was happening. I, I just felt sort of like a volcano. Mm-hmm. And I said, I just got to leave this body because I couldn't handle it. There was so much reaction, internal reaction, that you can't even describe to anybody. That's so true. And though you've been there, you know what it is. But were those days, it says, wow, this is bad. But we got through it. We got through it. We got, got to the other it. side. We're mm-hmm. here, right? And it's on yeah. this other side uh, that we have to keep doing what we're doing to help other people understand That's that there is right. the side. That's right. And that's the motivation. That's part of the motivation is like, hey, let me get through this so I can (laughs) get on the other side and live my life. And that life may look different. That's the other part people may not realize at the time is that more than likely that life you had before is going to be a little bit different when you do get through it all. And it could have been the reason to get you where you were. That's it. Yes. So uh, I think what I 
brought to myself was that is you really need to change. Yes. So the lifestyle, the previous lifestyle uh, is not a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Something wasn't working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's back to where, where I am today mm-hmm. uh, is that I have today. We have today together. And this is yes. an enjoyable day. And I hope to have another one tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. I I hope that for all of us. And, you know, Tom, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And before we leave, I have two questions for you. And I you've already provided a lot of wisdom, but I'm going to ask couple more questions. What is something that you've learned in life that you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, I think I mentioned, I'll just re-mention it, that, that mm-hmm. what I learned through all this is that we're not alone. Yes. Uh, and we may feel that we are, but we're not. And to the point I also mentioned, we need to find motivation. Mm-hmm. And some of that motivation is with the people that are out there. Absolutely. And many times we, we block motivation from people who are actually trying to help. So true. So it's at the time when you feel maybe your worst, you really have to open the door and, and let other people in. Mm-hmm. And that I, could have been that even before, but this is something that I try to do today. Yeah. Uh, and it's a business thing. When, when we say that you should, to be successful, you need to surround yourself with people who know more than you. Right. So true. Yes. So and even in that, in this process of cancer, uh, what I did and what helped me is to surround me with people who knew more than I did. Mm -hmm. And that was part of the motivation. It was Sam Hassan. It was my doctor. It was my family, friends uh, that helped me. Other people that I I had met who certainly had a more difficult and challenging life than I did. Mm -hmm. So then you start thinking, well, it's not as bad as, you know. Why should I complain? So that's the point. It's it's always better than you really think it is. That's true. That's true. And take advantage of the people, the good people that are out there that won't help you. I I can't agree with you more on that. That's so true. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) And Tom, the second thing is what is next for you? I, I hope to be here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I hope to get one more day, uh, but what my future, I hope, uh, is to continue what I'm doing. I consider myself a multicultural communicator. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my podcast helped me reach people, uh, and it helps people reach me, and I try to help those people reach each other, which for me is the secret. It's really the cross-networking. Uh, so if I know you, and you know me. Mm-hmm. But what I have to try to do, and I do try to do, is to introduce you to other people I know, and other yes. people to you that I know. And I think that's the secret of success. And that's what I try to do every day. And that's my future. If I can keep doing that uh, every day or a couple of days a week or whatever, uh, that brings me satisfaction. That brings me more motivation. And it keeps me going because mm-hmm. we need to have a reason to keep going. So true. So true. And what you do is so important. It's, it's so important to connect people and, you know, make sure people get the information that they need. And then 
you're very good at sharing your wisdom and what you know. So I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad we met and um, you're just a blessing. So thank you. <laughs> we all are. You are too. And I, I want to thank commend you. you because what you're doing is much, it's more structured than what I do. It's, it's more focused. <clears throat> Uh, and what you can bring and what you do bring is something that more people really need. All right? And it's going to help them survive. It's going to help them have a better day. Yeah. They may have a happier day with what I do. Mm -hmm. but, but your part is critical in, in literally in the part of sustainability, in the part of survival. And that's the essence of keeping yes. life going and having yes. people not become depressed. So. I know that's a challenge. I'm sure you probably get up some days and figure, what am I doing? Yes. Why yes. I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I really commend you on what you do and Thank how you. you do it. Thank you. That means a lot, Tom. Thank you. And Tom, if people would like to connect with you, where can they find you? I, I like to say they find me anywhere. I'm known as mm -hmm. the king of networking. <laughs> They'll find me on LinkedIn is one of the best places. I have a Linktree link that I think you might put up somewhere. I definitely uh, will. But if they look for me on LinkedIn, uh, mm -hmm. it's Tom Reoch, T-O-M, and the last name is R-E-A-O-C-H. Uh, you'll find me. Uh, I'll connect. Uh, Instagram, it's the reverse. It's Reoch Tom. Mm -hmm. So any way you can find me, if you just look for Google, Tom Riach, okay. uh, you'll probably find me there. Okay. All right. Wonderful. And it'll be my put... pleasure to, to connect with anybody. And if anybody has anything, any questions or anything like that, I'm not a doctor. Mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I'm just somebody who's been there where you've been. <laughs> and I just want to share that. Okay. Absolutely. And I will make sure to put all of your information in the listen notes. And so that people can reach out to you. Tom, again, thank you so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. And um, before we leave, I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Thank you for joining us today. That is it for this Wednesday. And until next time, let's keep navigating cancer together. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Navigating Cancer Together. I hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe. And if you appreciate the show, drop a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For notes from the show, visit ontheotherside.life and check out the podcast section. After you check out the show notes, head over to my gift shop and show yourself or someone special in your life some love with gifts of encouragement, hope, and positive affirmations. I would love it if you joined us for the next episode. Talk to you soon.